had all this mail that was like uh, late fees and mm-hmm. uh, a lot of other stuff that I had to pay that I was just like, you know what? I'm not going to look at this mail. I'm not going to answer my phone. Yep. I'm not going to read my emails. Mm-hmm. So I just let it pile up. And my mum was like, you've got to fucking open this mail. It looks really important. I'm like, no, nah, man, I'm molving it. She's like, what? I'm She's like, it's like, the molvy method. Who, who, is ben Mo- who is molvy? What the fuck is that? What is a molvy? Oh, it just means I'm just not going to do it, eh? Welcome back, dear sweet listeners to Brief Interviews with Hideous Men. I am, as always, your host, Jess Watts. Uh, it's very nice uh, to have you back with us. Um, we've uh, we've got a first person, first time guest on the podcast. This is uh, Ben Mulvey, who's a co-founder of Infinite Jest, a very funny guy, uh, talking uh, well, being interrogated really about um, the ins and outs of his system for living, uh, the controversial system, uh, the Mulvey method that he created in order to avoid responsibility, and 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 he lives by. And in fact, I am somewhat of a convert uh, too in, in in some in some means. I'm kind of a splinter a splinter group from there. Um, we uh, we also get into a bunch of wrestling for some reason. I didn't really know. Like, I stopped watching wrestling. Uh, a long time ago, like probably when I think just after Degeneration X, maybe like I think uh, maybe I remember like Triple H and Shawn Michaels being together at one point, and I'm pretty sure I stopped watching after that. Uh, but it seems like uh, a couple of, uh, in fact, all three of the other uh, guests on the podcast this week are pretty fucking psyched into it. So um, that's going to be uh, a large portion of this week's podcast, uh, some, some discussion of that and how that might influence, uh, stand-up. Um, but it's a, it's a pretty fun, uh, episode, not like a massive amount of just like, like jokes per minute or whatever, but it's a, it's a fun conversation and actually quite interesting, uh, I think as well. Uh, so guys, uh, without, uh, further ado, I think I keep saying further ado. I'm going to stop saying further ado without, um, more, uh, waffle words, uh, that will uh, waste your time and and mine, uh, I suppose. Um, welcome back to episode uh, three of Brief Interviews with Hideous Men. Uh, what are we calling this one? Uh, episode three, Wrestling with the Mulvey Method. So... I actually watched both of them. I haven't seen either of those movies. You should. They're, they're quite good. I mean, I, I don't actually. I mean, Ferris Bueller's Day Off, I saw for the first time when I was like about 11 years old. And that's I think a good age to see. I it. think it's a perfect age because it's. You, you want to have a day off. Yeah, you want to have a day off. It's, but it's a film about rebellion, but it's very benign rebellion. Yeah. So, and I, I was at an age where I'm starting to like want to break away from my parents, but not in a way that's actually threatening or like. You know, dangerous at all. So that film really kind of speaks to that. Mm-hmm. And I remember like going to bed afterwards, just like humming with like electricity and excitement of like, he's my hero. Did you rig up an apparatus to to look sick? Uh, no, um, I did. I that year I did take a lot of sick days from school. Like basically every Friday, I faked being sick. Matthew Broderick's ruining our children. And I think my mum just kind of was like. Eh, it's primary school. Yeah, <laughs> what does it really, really matter? Who really cares? None of school matters. <laughs> yeah. If I'm evidence of anything, it's that even a doctoral candidacy does not matter no. in any context. Do you know, by the way, that I am now apparently still going to get a master's? I'm going to get a master's in neuroscience. The, the system it's is the mul- broken. The Mulvey, method the Mulvey method is not broken. The Mulvey method is superior. I, oh, sorry, Ben, you probably don't know. What he says, what he actually means is he's going to start working at master's uh, tool shop. <laughs> so he can, I'm uh, going to sell master's chalk milk. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I told my mom about the Mulvey method. Oh, really? And what yeah, was her? I had all this mail that was like uh, late fees and mm-hmm. uh, a lot of other stuff that I had to pay that I was just like, you know what? I'm not going to look at this mail. I'm not going to answer my phone. Yep. I'm not going to read my emails. Mm-hmm. So I just let it pile up. And my mom was like, you've got to fucking open this mail. It looks really important. I'm like, nah, man, I'm mulvying it. <laughs> She's like, what? I'm She's like, like, it's the mulvy method. Who is, ben Mul- who is mulvy? What the fuck is that? What is a mulvy? Like, oh, it just means I'm just not going to do it, eh? She just yep. gave me this look. But, uh... Yeah. You, you've seen that from women a lot? 
Um, no, a look of sexual <laughs> yeah. desire. Uh, the Mulvey method didn't work, by the way. No. no the Mulvey method for Glenn <laughs> did not work out at all. Like, all these things just became, like, uh, sort of, like, piled upon themselves. Like, I crashed into a car and RSC was like, you owe us $5,000 mm-hmm. if you don't answer within seven days. Legal action. That was, like, a month ago. And then fucking uh, late fees for credit cards and other shit mm-hmm. that I didn't want to open. Well, I'm, I'm going to put this out there. Uh, nowhere in the Mulvey method does it suggest that you shouldn't just not pay your bills. No. Uh, in fact... That I- actually seems a logical extension of the Mulvey method in some sense. In some sense, so we yes. Should, we should but- clarify. Can you define the Mulvey method okay, so for the- our well, loyal um, listeners? Me. For, for the the listeners who's clearly misinterpreted it. So the Mulvey method essentially is kind of... Uh, a methodology of living your life uh, in which you well, essentially live by the same credo and rules that I ascribe for myself. Which are? Which are basically, uh, if you don't feel like doing something, don't do it. Mm-hmm. Um, if you don't want to answer phone calls or respond to emails or anything like that, you just don't. But there's also, and this is integral. This is the thing I think, yeah, and I think I know what you're going to say mm-hmm. here. And I think this is actually a very fundamental part of it. Yeah. Is you must calculate the minimum effort for you, and if that means doing a thing mm-hmm. in order to not do more things, yep. then you have to smartly assess those situations, right? Yeah. So, I mean, like, I've, for I've, you and I, you were like, Jez isn't going to do shit. Yeah. I'll fuck him over. Yeah, and I was essentially. Like, all right, well, yeah. I'm not. So yeah, there and, you know, go. and it all worked out fine. Now, now you're in a better place than ever. And this is the thing: I've been living the Mulvey method for so long now. I've basically completely internalized all these decisions, so I don't consciously yeah, make the, them. I just know there's instinctually. There's a lot of logic which is implicit in your actions, which Absolutely. is not explicit to to sort of like a new. Uh, appropriatees yes. of the method, yes. you know, like who, so who make uh, this, errors. This, I, I think, this is why I really kind of need to get this out there and also sort of work on the, the multi method like book um, is so I can kind of define the be, fact. Is that going to be available at dixonbutts.org? Uh, yes, it will. It'll be sold through dixonbutts.org, my, uh, my personal website, uh, best website on the internet. Um, but okay, the, the point that I wanted to get to is that the multi method. It's not just about sort of instinctually knowing which sort of where you can kind of push and where you have to kind of draw mm-hmm. back. There's also a degree of just you, you do actually have to follow rules. Um, oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah, I, yeah this yeah. is the thing that you and I disagree because I've, I've sort of like I'm a, a splinter. Mm. Uh, yeah, you're a, you're a, you're a, from the a separate sect um, yeah, exactly. that is, uh, you know, frankly. A bit uh, more of a cunt. Well, I, I was going to say you're an abomination to the Mulvey method. Thanks for dialing uh, back to be for me. Destroyed <laughs> with uh, it's great a holy, prejudice. It's a holy war. It's a holy war. That's, that's right. Um, okay, so yeah, following rules. So basically, um, you know, don't speed. Um, don't not pay your bills. Uh, you know, these things which there are external consequences that you don't really have any kind of control over that you can't easily get your way out of. Like, you know, like... The legal system. Legal, the legal system, basically. So yeah. follow the rules of the legal system. Don't kind of cause ripples uh, like that. Don't give anyone a reason uh, to go after you in a way that you can't sort of extricate yourself from. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and so, I mean, uh, mentioning... Glenn, you mentioned that uh, you had credit card bills that you weren't having paid. Um I simply do not have a credit card because uh, that way I avoid ever getting into debt to a bank. That's why I don't have a credit card. Also, no one will give me a credit card. That's another reason yeah. that I don't have. I was it. actually amazed how I, I did you apply have for a credit. Good credit now. Uh, yeah, I think I do, and I did apply for a credit card just because I was like I was well off enough that I was like I could probably have a credit card. And then by the time it arrived, I was like, uh, actually, no, no, you should this, never have credit. No, I should never have credit card. No, for sure. Yeah. Um, Every time I sell you weed. Like, it doesn't matter the, whatever the quantity is, mm. it's gone the next day so because you have zero self-control. Well, a person like I don't you know if it's that I have zero self-control. It's just that I really enjoy being high. Um, <laughs> All so. right. I mean, I'll give you that. Yeah. Yeah. Tonight was a great evidence of that. Yeah, tonight. Uh, did oh you boy. enjoy being high tonight, Ben? I did before I got on stage. Yeah. Did you enjoy it after too, though? You did. No, after. not really. By the time oh. I got on stage, I was like, oh, I'm, I don't feel anything anymore. Oh, I'm dead inside. <laughs> yeah. Infinite Jess every Monday. Uh, <laughs> That's right. Be dead inside. Uh, ben, hi. I, uh, I'm from Ohio. I'm just wondering. I'm not a very... Don't worry. Yeah, I can pick the accent. I'm not a, sorry. I'm not a very religious man. <laughs> is I going to keep doing the accent? 
I would prefer if you didn't. I okay. would prefer if you do, but, you know, go ahead. Ooh, which, which... Oh, I prefer if you kind of did an accent. <laughs> All right. Do yeah, a, slipping a, it out of it. Split the middle. Well, split uh, the difference. Now, I will fix... <laughs> anyway, uh, I'm not a very religious... I'm not a big city lawyer. <laughs> like, uh... <laughs> now, I, uh, I'm not a very religious man. Can I still do the Mulvey method? Is there meditating in this? Uh, that doesn't have to be meditating. Um, personally, I'm, I'm, I, my, my mind is open to meditation. I think um, sort of... Uh, you know, thinking about things and being considerate of you know your, yourself and sort of the world around you, which you can achieve through meditation, can be a good thing if that's what you're into. Like, I get how you're considerate of yourself, yeah, and the world around you as it affects you, yes. But I don't think you're considerate of the world around you in general. No, that's no, correct. Yeah, you yeah, you that's have read that correctly. The Mulvey method. That's the Mulvey method. That's yeah, right. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm personally not religious, um, and I don't think. I mean, that might play into the Mulvey method. That might be why I'm able to have no, ethics. have no ethics and be a flagrant narcissist who only really cares about himself. Um, yeah. Although I would say there's plenty of people who are religious that have a lack of morals and empathy towards other people as I well. I mean, speaking of religion and ethics, I think we've talked about this a little bit before. You're almost... God exist, let's just say it. Hey, let's, let's fucking lay it down. Yeah. Um, no, but uh, you are... It's almost a solipsist, right? What? Uh, yes, I, I'd say that I'm um, uh, sympathetic to that uh, philosophical point of view, and so that's a, yeah, that's the point of view that essentially you are the only truth in the world, and uh, everything yeah. is a reflection of you. So if you yeah, cease to or, exist, and the world ceases to, to exist, yes, or in the, some sense, or that the self is the only thing that can be verified to be true. Like I don't mm. actually know that any of you are having a conscious experience. I can't know for sure that. Everything else we're isn't players, simply a manifestation. We're players in your game. Mm. Um, we are we are bit we're, we're, perhaps we're actors in your play. Yeah, yeah, mm. and and basically, I think Solipsism says that although that's not necessarily the case, it's the only thing that, from a um, individual subjective point of view, can be assumed. Because how could you ever know that any you, you can't actually be in someone else's consciousness? So how mm. could you know that theirs is actually the same as yours? Because yeah, I'm conscious. Yeah, well, you say he that. He says that, but, but yeah, how you, can I know that? You could be a manifestation of his mind just declaring that information. Mm. Like in a dream, uh, the other players seem to be conscious other people, like other individual parts, but they're actually just a manifestation of your own subconscious. I hate all this big fucking egg, 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 egghead talk. Ugh. You could barely even say the word egghead, so yeah, that, I'm that not checks out. Bring himself to say some fucking Poindexter. God, man. Uh, hi, Ben. Uh, Jerry from Wisconsin. Just want to ask. Uh, Can you do a Wisconsin accent? Howdy! Little- <laughs> I'm Lil Cheese. Is that what Wisconsin people do? Yeah, they're known for their cheese. Okay. Uh, the Jimmy Karat's method. Yep, yeah, sorry, go on. Uh, sorry, uh, you might be a redneck, uh, but I'm just wondering <laughs> how, much, how much does this Mulvey method cost? It's got to cost like up like hundreds of dollars to, to apply to even try and do it. Uh, no, actually, I mean oh, okay. financially, it doesn't cost anything. No, you um, have to pay with your soul. Yeah, you have to you have to be willing to make sort of certain cuts to um, your moral and ethical worldview. You have to sort of um, be willing to kind of yeah fuck fuck people over yeah um, so all right so this actually leads into a, i think uh, an interesting question mm-hmm. yeah um, uh see ben i've studied the art of the blade for a while so i'm very good at making cuts uh <laughs> <laughs> that help me out? <laughs> i I've, I've been known to practice with my uh wazaki the uh japanese word for uh what were you saying about not being a nerd <laughs> he's a, uh, he's a ninja not... turtles nerd which ninja is the turtles coolest nerd. he also posts like like Tweets about 40 times a day about Pokemon. That's not true. I fucking... I don't give a shit about Pokemon. I download uh, that. Anime, whatever. Anime. Your fucking Pokemon cartoons. Well, I mean, the first season was anime, but I mean, then from from then on, it was mainly just a regular cartoon. Anyway, I think, to, I think Jez was going to... I think Jez was going to ask a question. Yeah, so uh, where has the Mulvey method led you astray? Where have you made errors in applying the Mulvey method? And perhaps this has adjusted... Uh, the over the overarching philosophy. Mm. Well, I get. I mean, I suppose what the Mulvey method allows you to do is to completely disregard um, any kind of um, usual social convention about how you should live your life in terms of like achieving things and um, doing things. It's like it's very. 
I suppose because you used to you used to lecture at a university, uh-huh. yeah. uh huh, which was the cruisiest fucking job I've ever heard of. It was. You basically went in just talk shit about movies. I didn't talk and, shit about movies. I well, said right, intelligent you, things. Said some things that sound intelligent um, about movies, and you did that for how many years? Uh, five years. Five years. No qualifications. Uh, no, I mean, I had a bachelor's degree in the subject, and I did most of a diploma of education, which does not qualify you to teach you, to qualify you to teach at a university. Mm. Um, and I just sort of... But I remember, like, yeah, when, like, that job uh, disappeared, mm. because they started being like, oh, maybe we should have qualified people do this job. Yeah. Um, I remember the fallout from that was you were just unemployed, you had no income mm-hmm. for a while. Yes. And then you just hung out. And mm-hmm. didn't really do anything to address that situation. Yes. At one point, I was loaning you money, which I was borrowing from my girlfriend, just to be like, yeah. oh, man, like, I'll just help you out because you're a cool guy. Yeah, that was and a- then, But then you just... I, I'm just saying I'm a real good friend. Yeah. Um, but then you just, like, lucked into this... Um, mm. I mean, maybe the job is not amazing, but, like, the job is pretty good. Yes. And it's paid very well. Mm-hmm. And also, you got that just from being a cool dude hanging out. Yeah, pretty much. So that's an example of the Mulvey Method succeeding, for yes, sure. but... I mean, there's also, I mean, you kind of touched on it there that I was unemployed and you had to lend me money. And, like, that was a very dark period of my life. That was actually probably one of the worst. Really? Yeah, like, the, I mean, uh, for, uh, I feel like the whole time I've known you, you've been pretty depressed ultimately. But oh, like, yeah, but I, this, was, this was, like, next level. This was, like, right. real, real bad. Um, so, Suicidal yeah, basically, thoughts, that kind of thing? Hmm? Suicidal thoughts? No, 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 no. Like, I mean, you know, I still love myself too much for that. But <laughs> you, can't deprive, you can't deprive the world I can't of deprive your myself existence. Of my existence. Yeah, which is uh, the world. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, well, basically, yeah, from about, like, n- mid-November to early January, um, I think this was, like, 2014 to 2015. Yep. Uh, I was unemployed and didn't have any money. And uh, but you don't pay rent. Which well, I don't is nice. pay rent, which is good. And but basically, I was just uh, eating through my savings slowly, uh, staying at home every day, thinking I should look for a job, but realizing I didn't have any qualifications and feeling sort of anxiety about that. And that anxiety led me to drink very heavily. Uh, and uh, I basically, and then I, yeah. So basically, I was just in this cycle of drinking feeling anxiety about not having a job and not being able to get a job. And then I was like just going further into this kind of spiral of anxiety and depression, which kind of culminated in me going really deep into like all I was doing for a couple of weeks was downloading and playing ROM hacks of Sonic the Hedgehog 2. <laughs> Wait, how many different ROM hacks did you play? Like 40. <laughs> was, there a, was there a winner? Like, what was the difference between them? Uh, they, were, they were fucking all the same in the end. Like, there was, like, palette swaps and different, like, level... Like, like the same... like a microcosm for life in the cycle of... Yeah. Because Sonic, yeah. Sonic mostly runs in circles. That's right. And no matter how Spinning. fast he goes, he's always going in that same direction. That's right. You know? Ben, yeah. I gotta ask you, did you play the Sonic game where uh, Tails is dead and there's real blood that comes out of the cartridge? No. What? <laughs> what are you talking about? And also, uh, I would like to play that game. Uh, oh, well, obviously, you guys have, have never seen Creepypasta about Sonic the Hedgehog. Uh, no. Seen okay. what? Yeah, Creepypasta. Yeah, this guy. It's like an internet Yeah, thing. it's like, uh, you know how the Rugrats are all dead and it's all Angelica's mind. You know, like, shitty fan theories and stuff? Basically, people are so, like, uh, creep. Creepypasta is comes from copypasta, which yeah. is basically wait, 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 is stories this, that people copy creepy, and paste. Is this creepy? Like on 4chan, pasta as in like a guy that leads a community and no, fiddles. No, 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 or is it's creepypasta as in like the Italian treat? Yes, but okay. it's kind of through a weird linguistic it's, it's, thing. It's a bastardization of like copy paste. Yeah, creepy so, so copy paste. Copy paste becomes copy copypasta. And creep, and if it's a scary sort of thing, like a scary urban legend that you're sort of creating, is is, is a creepy pasta. Okay, so mm. this is what the idea that things get sort of uh, ideas get degraded and changed into other things. Well, sort of, but it's it's basically a way of yeah, it's like modern urban urban myths, urban legends, okay. but like done on the internet. Yeah, like you got the uh, like Slenderman. Do you know Slenderman? Yeah, I, I do know Slenderman. Slenderman. There's Personally? like a Squidward Suicide, which is like a, a lost episode of SpongeBob with Squidward with like blacked out eyes where he screams and kills himself and all that sort of shit. And then there's like, a, I guess, the cartridge with the blood coming out of it. That's like every fucking game, though. Like every single video every game. Every game has blood every, physically every single video, emerging Every single one is like, a, oh, I played this game, bought it at the garage sale. It had no, had no cover on it. All it said was Pokemon Black. And I played oh, yeah, it. I've heard of Pokemon Black. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. That was the, a good one. You take that and you just replace the name of the game. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, they always die at the end. And real, re, photorealistic blood comes out. 
What's that? The the Legend of Zelda one? That uh, someone's drowned or someone's dead or something? Yeah, like a Ben is here. Ben, it's Ben. Like yeah, it's like a Ben. Ben is. Ben drowned or something. Ben drowned, yeah. Mm. That was that was. Fun fact. I'm sure he wants to. Fun fact: uh, When I was two years old, um, I got a well. I got away from my parents were like at a like sort of a, a barbecue at a, at a friend's place, and they were like, "Oh wait, where's where's Ben?" And um, my dad found me lying on the bottom of the pool. Uh, the bottom of the pool. Yeah, just like lying, looking face up, and so yeah, I came very close to drowning. Wait, so. How old were you? Uh, t- I, I said two, maybe like two or three. Like do you, quite, rem- yeah, like do a you remember this? I do not remember this, no. I've been told it. And yeah. when you say that you were lying, you may not know this, but when you were lying on the bottom of the pool, were you just down there just being like a kid, just being like, oh, I'll check this shit out? Or were um, you like, did you have to be resuscitated? I don't think I had to be resuscitated. Because um, I've, I've like hung out in the bottom of a pool. So yeah, yeah, it's really fun. You like let go of all the air inside of you and you just sink all the way down. Yeah, and the mm. pain stops. <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah, great. Yeah. Every kid should do it. When I was a kid, I uh, I was at my cousin's pool and they had like a, a big pool and I remember just sort of like one day I was just having a swim and then all of a sudden I could see like all this seaweed and shit on the bottom of their pool. But it was like like a cartoony kind of seaweed and I'm like, oh, this is kind of interesting. And next thing I remember, they like fucking dragging me out of the pool. Okay, yeah, yeah, like, you start to hallucinate. To, yeah, I didn't have to be resuscitated or anything. I was just like, oh, what, what's going on? And then for ages, I was like telling my mom, like, no, they've got like fucking weeds and shit growing on the bottom of their pool. And she's like, no, I think you were like fucking... Clearly <laughs> dead. <laughs> oh, I could go back. <laughs> what a beautiful place. <laughs> I love that. Glenn's uh, like sort of like happy remembrances of being a child. I was like, oh, I nearly got out. <laughs> <laughs> nearly escaped this mortal coil. <laughs> I just think like because uh, because we're all talking about pool stories. We're like uh, I, <laughs> I used pool to think slash suicide stories. Yeah, yeah. it's not not a suicide, but I probably would want to kill myself. If I knew about it uh, today, which I do, uh, but. You're about to tell us. If you, so. if you say you were at fucking Pot Black, I'm going I, to... I, I'm 100% <laughs> expecting that this will be that kind of a pool story. Pot yeah. Black? What's, no, no, I'll ask later. Uh, so, like, I used to think this is the coolest thing in the world. Like, I would, like, sink to Blood the bottom of... out of the, of the uh, pool table. Sorry, go on, go on, go on. <laughs> uh, I was at, a, I was at uh, like, a pool, and I, I'd, like, sink to the bottom, and then, like, I'd, like my feet on the ground like jump all the way back up and like take a breath and all that stuff and I'll keep doing that and I was like and I'll tell everyone I'm like an astronaut when really my brother just told me like hey, you're just a fucking idiot and uh, <laughs> <laughs> I know you think uh, this may sound a little corny but uh sometimes uh, something but takes a part of me <laughs> uh, sorry go on <laughs> something <laughs> something lost and never seen every time I start to leave something's okay oh god that says Bad stuff. I was gonna. I was reciting. Are you the on lyrics. Nick Marrow's comedian page? No, I was. Uh, I was trying to recite the lyrics to Corn because I thought of a joke earlier. Like, oh man, this might sound a little corny. And I will start, tell you. Yeah, yeah, I tried a Corn joke uh, when Glenn and I went up against each other in Superior's Challenge. Twelve-year-old uh, music references. Not a solid move. Hey, I, I believe Corn released an album a couple of years ago, didn't they? Nobody knows. The about Untitled it. One. The yeah. Dunstop One. Yeah. Oh, yeah. that was that was like two thousand and eight, maybe. Oh, there's one after that. I think so. Well, I gotta go on to uh, acquire it legally. Yeah, I gotta, I gotta, <laughs> I've gotta go open Kazaa when I get home. Kazaa? <laughs> is that still a thing? No. There is, you can still download Kazaa. You can it still, still exists. It's mm-hmm. mostly just viruses and porn. Right. You gotta get it through LimeWire, though. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> I, I used to do iMesh. iMesh, yep. And uh, Audio Galaxy. Oh, how good was Audio Galaxy? I've I never heard of Audio Galaxy. One song at a time. Yeah. And then slowly building up an album. Wait, no, so what, and then explain, someone showed me torrents. Explain Audio saying, Galaxy oh, man, for me. So Audio Galaxy was like before, like maybe before like Bizarre. a year before torrents. It was okay. sort of in between, like you know your Lime wires and your Bit torrents. It was okay. kind of this thing. So basically, it had a website, and you could search for stuff on the website, and then um, you'd have like the client running on your computer. Mm-hmm. But what what was great about it is that you could log in on another computer if you had your client running at home and access, and it would automatically queue up all the downloads so you could just go to the website log in queue up whatever you want like while you're at school then, and have your computer running at home and it'll just download uh, throughout the day that's actually pretty cool and and they had like you could find everything on there it was like to me it was the best file sharing um, website particularly for music um, before I mean you know now obviously now everything's just Spotify and you can fucking get everything but yeah what do you guys was really really good but like, I think yeah when I used it maybe it was before the client and stuff but it was like there wasn't that much on there mm-hmm. so it's like I remember trying to get System of a Down and I could get maybe like a couple of songs but there wasn't like a whole album you'd have to yep. find each individual song 
And yeah, they were dark days. Dark, and then dark someone days. showed me torrents. Mm. And I was just like, holy shit. Game changer. Get, like, yeah. All, I've got so much music that I'll never listen to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. I kind of stopped listening to new music like when I got into like sort of heavy into comedy. Mm-hmm. Like I, um, I just started... I guess the space in my brain that was reserved for looking for new music, I was just like, no, nah, I've got to look for fucking jokes yeah. to, you know, rip off. Like, I can understand Grimwood. that from being the tech guy every week and using your playlist. <laughs> uh, yeah, apparently I, Jez I, I, hasn't I, listened to new music since 1997. Listen, I added Kirby. <laughs> <laughs> that yeah, one yeah. track from ASAP Rocky. Uh, ben, I think you'll understand that 70s Police Chase for seven minutes long is a great song that everyone wants to hear. <laughs> That's from the Cheech and Chong movie. <laughs> no, it's not. It's, uh, uh, no, no, it's, a, it's a different one that's from the Cheech and Chong movie. Oh, yeah, my friends, call me Lowrider. The Lowrider. You guys are a bunch of freaks on the leash. a little high. <laughs> so, uh, so, so, that's what we call an edit point in the Yes, business. I was just about to clap. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so, I've got this idea, right? Go on. Now, I reckon you might not be able to do it with this 51st jokes. But you pro- uh, you could probably do it with another one. Oh, okay. Glenn helped me out with this. He said, uh, like, he came up with the main, like, the main uh, idea of, uh, well, he said the name, Money in the Bank. Oh, yeah, that would be fun. All right, what so if, Money in the Bank, all right. What if it 50 jokes? Me. It was like a Royal Rumble, kind of. <laughs> <laughs> you stay in. No, 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 no. no. Like, you, you keep do- telling jokes until, all right, go on. You do your three minutes, and at the end of the night, the person who had the funniest joke get some money in the bank and they can use it to go on like any infinite jest spot like anytime they want but they have to announce it beforehand to you how do we decide who has the funniest joke i guess like the mc will decide or something so or like decide. or like a or, or a panel of people a panel <laughs> an expert yeah. panel expert I, I think we've we've got a pretty fucking shallow bench to draw from <laughs> as experts in perth comedy uh, i make quite a few good facebook posts <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that is true And one day they'll be on stage So um, are, you, are you aware of what Money in the Bank is? What, uh, as, as far as wrestling goes? Oh no, no I don't at yeah, all So well, what Money in the Bank is Rumble is that no. you get to fucking fight at SummerSlam though Like that's different Yeah, but Money in the Bank is like You, you don't just give it all beyond any rule let, him, let, him, let the man talk Alright, go on So Money in the Bank is you win around And you get this thing where you're allowed to, I think, I think you get a world championship fight. Whenever uh, you want. Whenever you want it. And then there's this, there was this pay-per-view, I can't remember, it was, it was fucking years ago, and, and they'd just done this fight. Is this for, like post-WWE that they brought this in? Like, I, I don't remember yeah, this concept it's, it's, at all. It's, like, okay. it's, it's kind of recent. Uh, Chris Jericho started, I believe. Uh, basically, like a giant ladder match, and it's like, instead of grabbing like a, like a, like a belt off the thing, they grab a suit, co- like a briefcase. All right. And then they have money in the bank if they win. Yeah, like, like a they contract like- saying they can have a, a round or something whenever they want it. And there was this match where it was like a, a big event. They had two people fighting for the world championship. And I right. think someone won. And it was like, yeah, this is over. And then someone was like, no, I want my match right now. Yeah. And then he fought the dude after he had this massive match. And he obviously beat him because he was just fresh out. Yeah. And then sure. he won the championship because he could have this match whenever he wanted. So, like, say someone had a Money in the Bank uh, thing for comedy. I do like the idea of Money in the Bank in this context, mm. in that you could be watching someone bomb, and then you could walk on stage in the middle of their set. <laughs> yeah. And be like, you know what? No. Nah. You don't walk on, you run on. Yeah. It's like you run on your head. And we play, like, the wrestling style music. And it's like, yeah. say someone's about to go on for their headline, and then they start doing their head. They start doing their headline, maybe it's not going so well. You cash your Money in the Bank, and you just run on, you finish off the headline. You, were the head- you count as the headline act. Like, I think I actually, I'm kind of been sold on this idea. Yeah, I'm loving it. What I, I don't know how we allocate the money in the bank, but I really like this idea yeah. of money in the bank. What I, what I particularly like about it is that it's kind of introducing the idea of kayfabe to the I, comedy scene. That's what I've wanted for so yeah. long. <laughs> I've wanted that for so long. Right, just I to like behind the able here. Like, what is so kayfabe? kayfabe is the kind of like the shared narrative uh, that underlies wrestling, and it's the sort oh. of agreement between the the, the audience and the, and the, the, the entertainers yep. that you know, all of this is real, right? Yeah, it's, so, like a, it's like Hulk Hogan in real life is a racist, like wrinkly old orange man. But in, when it, but when he when he steps in the ring, he's like the American hero that can mm. never be beaten ever. Yeah. Back in the day, like fucking with the old wrestling, like if you were a piece of shit in the ring, you have to be a piece of shit to your fans, to everybody out on the street, because they need to believe that the way you are on TV is is the way you are, and it's completely real. Yeah. And if you were caught being friends with someone you were enemies with, like on on screen, like that's that's really frowned upon. 
Like okay. nowadays with the internet and shit, it's not it's not as hardcore. But back then, it was like this has to be real. You have to sell this as real because mm. no one knows this is fake. So it's like if you're if you're a depressed piece of shit doing comedy on stage, you have to be a depressed piece of shit. Well, you've got that one covered. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I think and my favorite too, one. Ben. Yep. I think my well, favorite one is well, a now your new persona on stage has followed your real life. <laughs> oh, persona. I mean, I think if we're going to start introducing like people, are going to start doing like characters and stuff, and like maintaining this like ongoing narrative, I'm going to be a heel. I'm going to be like or a villain. That's <laughs> so a heel is you a bad guy. S- yeah, I am familiar with that particular term. Uh, you actually. Like could easily be a face, but I think you much more enjoy being a heel, right? Like, yeah, see, people I, love I you. I think he's a healy face. Like he's a dick, <laughs> but people love him for it. Yeah, yeah like a, like a Randy Orton. Yeah, you know I mean, that's like uh, new terms. So like, like Randy Orton, he's a piece of shit, but like he's very smug and charming, so people like him kind of for small amounts of time, and then they get kind of <laughs> bored of him. Mm. Like Chris Jericho? Kinda, yeah, yeah. I mean, Chris Jericho is like more of just like a, a face now, really. Well, I mean, I only know him from back in the day, but he was always kind of a prick, but like mm. he was a lovable prick. Mm. Like and uh, Shawn Michaels, maybe? No, uh, Shawn Michaels was a good old boy before he joined DX and then became like a Christian and all that stuff. Uh, he became I, a Christian? Yeah, he, yeah, had, to become, he hardcore, had to become a Christian. Hardcore Christian. Wow. And uh, one of my favorite stories that everyone tells on podcasts is that uh, in one match, he had to fight a uh, tag match uh, versus Vince. Vince's son, Shane McMahon, uh, Shawn Michaels, and God as his tag partner. <laughs> <laughs> and like Vince is like, up oh, here's your tag partner, and like the light shone on the thing, and like they played like the Titan Tron and all that stuff. Like the light went down to the ring and all that stuff, and no one was there. <laughs> and it's like, wow, yeah, <laughs> there's just a foot, there's just footprints mm. behind. Yeah, what? I mean, there, there was two sets of footprints, but there's that... only one because that's where he lifted him up and then power slammed him. <laughs> 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 oh, I'm so glad you came through on that joke. I was like, "There's a setup here, but I don't see where the joke is." Yeah, that's that's it. That's it. Oh, <laughs> uh, I think we could end the podcast there. I mean, that actually, I mean, maybe there's something else that comes, but that's a reasonable end. Also, my second idea I've told you already is the dead zone. Where uh... have you told me this? Yeah, is this yeah, based you... on the Stephen King novel. <laughs> No, uh, I've never, I've never even played Dead Space, but uh, oh, I thought you said Dead Zone. I did. You did say it. I did, yeah. but I just, I just don't know what Stephen King is, and I want to make a little video game. You sure? Okay, okay. 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 yeah, we just found the second half of the podcast. You don't know who Stephen King is. I know who he is. I said I don't know what Stephen King like. The more is. important oh. question is: Do you know Richard Bachman, who is a far superior version mm. of Stephen mm. King? Well, the Long Walk. Come on, buddy. Oh, yeah, he's that guy who draws like uh, all the fairy running man. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, could you do your Kermit impression? Kermit's <laughs> uh, piggy. Well, it's not bad. Yeah, it's actually not bad. Rainbow connection. That was bad. Why do birds <laughs> suddenly appear every time that you're near? <laughs> da 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 da. I like the idea that Kermit's forgotten the lyrics as well. <laughs> I just, I just, you know, I've, listened, I've, I've watched that Simpsons episode, but like they have that like that ding dong bell where it plays that song so many times. I just assumed those were the lyrics because she sings it. She actually sings those two lines, and the rest of the line is just like you know. The ding-dong oh, the one bell. where they have the, the 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 doorbell and it malfunctions and just continues to play constantly. Mm. Yeah. Also, I feel to do my favorite part where I do my current impression is uh, where it's really my rare mind impression. I go, Deborah. <laughs> Deborah and Kermit are very close. I thought yeah. you said your Ray Martin impression. <laughs> uh, I think it's a little something. I like this. Uh, so, what was the what was the dead zone? Uh, so, like, uh, I mean, sorry, Ben, but like, like how how did it feel? Sorry, yeah. yeah how did ben. it feel today when like, you told a joke and there was like not really any reaction? Oh, I mean, yeah, it, it sucked, um, as it, you know, as it does. Like, I was aware of why it was happening, so it wasn't like, oh, no, this is, oh, Deborah. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> why are you laughing, Deborah? <laughs> so, <laughs> um, yeah. I love it if Ray Romano, who is a stand-up, <laughs> he does. that was his go-to response when the audience did a laugh. He was just like, tells whatever punchline, oh, Deborah. Yeah, audience then, then goes bro- wild. Then, like, his brother's like, oh, you really screwed up, bro. Yeah, just over the god mic. <laughs> um, and then his dad dies. 
<laughs> I would see that. I would pay for that show. Um, uh, so Dead Zone. So okay. So yeah. Um, uh, yeah. I mean, I was. I did quite badly, but I knew that I was going to do very badly. So it was fine. But also, yeah. Obviously, when you're in the, in good. the dead zone, it doesn't feel great. Yeah, uh, I was really hoping that was going to be a shorter answer, so I can just be like, uh, yeah, it feels kind of crushing. You don't know what to do next when no one really laughs at your joke. There's a lot of people, like new people, who are always like, uh, <laughs> ooh, not going to use that one again. Mm. They get a bit of a chuckle. Like, I reckon- Which I think is fine. That's actually a fine yeah. recovery Yeah, I, I, do, I do that as well, but like, I What's reckon- funny is when I see Darso do that after I've seen him do it 30 yeah. times, he's like, <laughs> new joke, uh, thanks for your honest feedback. Yep. It's just like, that's not a new joke at all. You're just a very good comedian. You made them think it was a new joke. Yeah. But yeah, go on. Uh, more like Ben, so sorry. Anyway, uh, <laughs> sure. I've already done a joke to him, and guess what? He didn't care. Uh, anyway, so... <laughs> Check out my idea. The dead Better zone. Those bridges. You have yeah. to do five minutes or ten. I don't know how long experiments go for. Uh, I Tonight should've... it was five and a half. It should be ten, yeah. Mm-mm. Actually, no, it was more than five and a half. I just put the clock on late. She did seven. Anyway, uh, do your five minutes, but like the MC makes sure to tell the audience they're not allowed to laugh at all mm. during this whole thing. And you've kind of just got to coast on doing your jokes. Yep. With no response. Yeah. And is there going to be... I mean, I would think that that would lead to a sort of tension for the audience where they're trying not to laugh and that was then going to prompt them to laugh more. Mm. Um, or is it? Is it like... Or is the point just to make it so the person gets no feedback and no response at all? I mean, like, I feel like most experiments are just to kind of like, like train exercises, kind of. Mm-hmm. Like there's like crowd work. There's the one that Tor did. Yep. I'm blanking on the rest. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there is there is the interruption which is like uh is like an example of heckling yep. there's punchline which is uh, trying to improvise with no material uh no i think that's definitely true yeah there is a show i can't remember what it's called but it's based in the states where the comedian goes into a soundproof room Ooh. like and they're like they so they perform in this enclosed space that. where they don't yeah. see the audience at all and then they're sort of shown on a screen uh and so yeah, basically, like, they're having to go with no feedback at all. Like, I guess my concern with it is, from an audience perspective, mm. like, that's a fucking weird time for them. Yeah. Like, I don't mind putting a comedian in the shit, so to speak, but, yeah. like, putting the audience in a position where they're obligated to potentially, like, not have as good a time. Yeah. I mean, because, I mean, even if you think that was funny and you don't laugh, like, that's a less enjoyable experience than laughing. Yes. Like, laugh, like, you come yeah. to a comedy club to laugh. Yeah. And there is a total, like, a communal element to laughter. That, Where like, it builds. And, yeah. So everything, like, um, yeah, like, I heard, like, uh, Ari Shafir talking uh, about, like, sometimes you'll do strong material at a shitty room. Mm. And then if, even as a comedian watching it, it doesn't feel like that's funny, mm. even if it is strong material. And yep. then you see it in another room with a better audience, you're like, oh, that's way funnier than I thought, even yep. though you're the educated one and like you're in the field. Mm. So it's like, I feel like the whole set, even though it would be interesting from a learning perspective for a comic, like would be not enjoyable. Yeah. Although, um, there's, I've been watching a lot of the Chris Gethard show recently, and Love they had name dropping for a while. Yeah, just name dropping all the time. Yes, thanks. Um, uh, so they have like a, or they did when they were on public access, have a thing that we do once a year called the Night of No Laughs. Where oh, they yeah, were basically yeah, yeah. Have like, where, like the, the yeah, so there's like 30 people on stage. Anyone who laughs is, is out. Yeah, yeah. But then, I mean, that involves the audience <laughs> and callers and stuff trying to make them laugh. Sure. And so it's kind of, the tension of these people who are trying not to laugh, but they're essentially the performers, mm. which, yeah, I don't know. I, that's, that's the thing, yeah. Like, I feel like putting uh, some kind of onus on the performer, mm. that's really the spirit of the experiment. Yeah. But putting it on the audience, like, I mean, even the crowd work sessions to some extent is almost not in the spirit of that a little bit yeah. because you're like, okay, guys, like, we're going to put this comedian in trouble. Now all of you are going to have uncomfortable conversations for 10 minutes. Mm. Um, I almost feel bad about that. Yeah. Like, I, I want the audience... The, the fact that they've come here, that should be the sum total of what we ask of them. Yes. You know what I mean? Yes. It is interesting. Maybe I thought way. of a new thing while you guys were talking. <laughs> well, 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 I was, well, I was talking as well. Uh, what if you got the comedian to pre-record his set, or her set, you know, women can do comedy as well. Just saying, guys, it's 2016. Anyway, uh, and then uh, you got them to pre-record it, and you got them to sit on stage... <laughs> You got them to sit on stage while it plays, and like they can like stop at any time and like explain what's going on. <laughs> um, okay, <laughs> I, I do like 
<laughs> to be able to pause and give notes on your own performance. Yeah. That, that speaks so to what me. what I was intending here. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's, yeah, that's yeah. what you do. Yeah. <laughs> you just stop it. But like, oh, sorry, guys. I just thought of that on the way here. Like, it's not a good joke. I think you pre-recorded it. You're like, oh, sorry, guys. Uh, I just came up with that in the moment. Yeah. That's, that's a new joke. The date is from, like, months ago. <laughs> I, I got to ask. Uh, that's these, interesting. Uh, these, what, what would you call it? Uh, I reckon... Um, Pre-recorded punchlines. Uh, I was even going to say like the like the workshop or like uh, the cutting room floor. You know. Hey, speaking of um, format ideas, this I is why I thought you were going to say speaking of cutting. But go on. <laughs> <laughs> ah, oh, damn it. Dead zones. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, this is not coming to my ideas. Not expect to be respected. Okay. Sorry, Rory. Yeah. This is an idea that I pitched to Jez about a week ago, I think. Uh, and he said, let's, let's put a pin in it. So I'm bringing it up again now. Um, so this is a format which I think I, the title I pitched was um, Infinite Jest Presents Stewing in It. Um, and it would have worked great if, if, if the shows were stolen at Jimmy's Den. Uh, and so the idea is, it's just, it's just a regular night of comedy with everyone just doing their regular material, except everyone who performs does their material in a Jimmy Stewart impression. Well, I'll- yeah, the extent I, of my Jimmy Stewart. I don't Stewart. even know who that is. Uh, he's uh, an actor. Was in uh, Vertigo, Rear Window, a um, bunch of movies in the sixties and. 70s. Hey, what did you think uh, of the Johnny Depp Rear Window? Um, there wasn't a Johnny Depp rear window. There was there was a Johnny Depp movie like where he's like in, like riding called... in a cabin. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I thought it was called Rear Window. Um, I I think I, sh- I don't think it was called Rear Window. I think okay, it was right. like this is Dead Zone. Sorry, yes. Uh, I apologize. What do you think of the Shia LaBeouf remake of Rear Window? I just like saying LaBeouf. Uh, LaBeouf, uh, French Shia LaBeouf is French for Shia the the beef, the the demure cow. Oh yeah, beef. Yeah, mm, yeah and sure. shy, shy, demure. Mm, well, yeah, it's fun. Just the facts. Just the facts. Fun facts. Fun facts. It's not really a fact. I, I just made that up. Rory, take us home. Uh, I'm just going to ask this podcast. Like you, you've been banking these, right? So they're going to be like you got the money in the bank. Yeah, yeah. I would prefer if this one doesn't go out with all the talk about me buying drugs from you and mm. <laughs> being. Well, drunk for two months I while in a state of think that's great podcasting. It's fine. Look, Ben, yeah. we'll, 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 we'll put a bar of your eyes. We'll put a bar of your eyes. We'll uh, we'll censor your voice. We'll bleep mm-hmm. out the names. <laughs> we'll 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 put everyone's <laughs> voice as Kermit. We'll put a Kermit filter over it. Yeah, I'm pretty sure you can do that on Audacity. Uh, anyway, uh, so these are like going to like be like some of the references we're going to make aren't going to be that topical, right? Uh, yeah, I would say so. Yeah, sure. Yours never are. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Your reference is always 30 years out of date. That's not true. Like, check out this new, this chair, this one I got, uh, cause it just happened recently. Uh, six police officers were shot dead in Dallas. <laughs> 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 no, no, no. This isn't, this isn't about that. It's about, uh, this you guys heard of the second world war. So, uh, so this, this gorilla was shot, right? <laughs> and, uh, his name was Harambe. Uh, <laughs> What if he was uh, your girlfriend? Would you call him your Harambe? (laughs) 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 The moldy method, like, really does have a lot of value to it. It's absolutely, like, very effective. Like, here's an example of how the Mulvey Method uh, has helped my life. And I'll give you a quick example of how it helped Ben's life as well. Uh, so, about a year ago... Uh, so, I, I, I'm, I'm enrolled, or I have been enrolled for the last few years, uh, in, a, in a, a doctoral candidacy, right? Where I do, like, a PhD in, in neuroscience. And when I started, I was, like, really, like, working at it and, and, and splitting my time between that and comedy. And it got to a point where I was like, you know what? Like, if I'm going to progress in comedy uh, at any kind of reasonable rate like I have to stop doing the science stuff but the science stuff was paying me to live you know like I was getting like a stipend to to live and 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 work uh sort of as that as my full-time job uh and so I started doing sort of less and less science and more and more comedy so so comedy just became a greater piece of the pie of my life 
And so I started getting better at comedy and, and sort of worse at science. I started producing less and less work towards this, this, this doctoral thesis and, and, and the research that was involved in it. Uh, and, then, and then I thought, you know what, like I could go in and have a conversation with them, but that would be quite difficult. Instead, uh, especially considering I'm, I'm getting paid week after week, uh, what I could do uh, is just not tell anyone and then just stop going entirely. And so I did that, uh, a couple months went by, uh, and then I was, uh, in Sydney actually like, t- like touring with, with, the with Glenn, who was on the podcast this week, um, like just doing gigs over there for a couple of weeks. And while I was over there, I got an email from my supervisor and, uh, my supervisor was like, Hey, let's catch up, uh, see how much progress you've made. And I haven't seen you a lot, much in the last three months, you know, the reason for that is cause I had not been there at all. Uh, and so I had to email back, Hey, actually, you know, we have to have a little bit of a conversation. It seems like, but I'm in Sydney right now, uh, for personal reasons, uh, I guess because my personality is that of a, uh, prick. Um, so we scheduled a meeting. I, I got back from Sydney, uh, finished my run of gigs, went great. Uh, scheduled a meeting, came in and I was, you know, expected her to kind of just sort of kick me. Uh, to the ground and beat me, beat 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 me about the the ears and 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 buttocks uh, for being just a bad person and 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 not following through on my commitments. But they were great. Like like it was uh, her and another supervisor of mine, really like wonderfully understanding. Uh, and uh, just sort of went, okay, well, listen, if you don't want to do it, uh, how about you just kind of write up what you've done, come in half the time that you've been coming in. Uh, you know, which was actually zero, but you know, half time is supposed to be coming in. Uh, and then, you know, in a few months we'll just submit this as a master's of neuroscience instead of a doctor, a doctorate in neuroscience. And that should be fine. I was like, all right, great. I'll do that. So then the agreement was to do half as much as I'd done before. And then about two weeks I I did that. And then I was like, no, that's even, that's too much. I didn't really have dick jokes to tell. Uh, so then I kind of stopped going in again and that went on for a few months and then they, email say hey what's happening and i was like yeah listen i i just you know i don't want to do it uh and they were like listen please you're so close you can do it and and sort of encourage me and and in the end like i've i've probably done in this calendar year like in the last 12 months so i've been paid 30 grand 30 grand a year uh sort of tax free is is the deal for for a phd um so in that year in which i've been paid 30 grand i think in total I've probably done 25 hours work. So like about 11 or $1,200 an hour is what I've been paid this year. And all because I finally adopted the Mulvey method of just not giving a shit about anyone but me and what I wanted to do and just doing that and not doing it maliciously, but also not doing it empathetically Like, rather than telling people that you're a bad person, you just quietly be a bad person. And you kind of get to follow your dreams. It's pretty amazing. Uh, I highly recommend it. Unless, you know, we run a business together. uh, Because when Mulvey, when Ben, you know, the progenitor of the Mulvey method, when Ben employed that method on me... As, you know, sort of, uh, we, we were co-founders of Infinite Jess and business partners. Uh, in the end, I paid him $3,000 just to go away because it was such a fucking hassle trying to continue running the business with him because it's, like, actually pretty annoying running a business. Anyway, so that's a little window into that. Um, so I thought about, um, before we go, I guess, uh, Go to the Infinite Jest website, uh, infinitejest.com.au, find details and performers, blah, 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 all that kind of stuff. For sure, please uh, subscribe and rate us on iTunes because uh, that, like, really helps. If you it would please rate us uh, five stars, like, write a quick review. It'll only take you a minute. Uh, super, super help us uh, sort of grow the podcast and grow the, grow the listening audience. Um, but anyway, I thought before I go, uh, what song, like, should be the final thing to close out? Uh, this week's podcast, obviously very heavy wrestling based, uh, podcast. So I thought, you know, and you know what, we're kind of all people who, um, maybe started as, you know, positive, uh, morally upright human beings. Like maybe that, you know, we sort of, we, well, I mean, we started as children, we're pure and we grow and we've become, 
comedians and we're all kind of like dicks now who don't follow through on any of our responsibilities and we're kind of bad people. And I thought, you know what? What's what's who's someone that was pure and stood for something and now is kind of just a dick? Um, and so anyway, I've got the, arguably the most famous theme music uh, in all of wrestling uh, to close out the show. Uh, this is Hulk Hogan's theme song, Real American. Ladies and gentlemen, thanks so much. Episode 3, Wrestling with the Moldy Method. We'll see you next week.